Now, the program to help you and your family get fit and stay fit with a biblical foundation without a one-size-fits-all plan. It's Faith Family Fitness with your host, Full Armor Sports and National Champion Coach, Jason Lupo. Welcome to Faith Family Fitness on 100.7 The Word. Last week we started a, I guess you could call it a series on Erickson's uh, theory of psychosocial development. We covered stage three and stage four, and today we're embarking on the understanding of stage five of Erickson's theory of psychosocial development, which is the ages of 12 to 18 in this uh, conflict of identity versus role confusion. And so we're going to talk today about uh, what that means, kind of what we see within that teenage age group of them trying to find who they are as an individual uh, and kind of the process that they go through. And as a result, some of the outcomes that we may see and some of the problems that we have in modern society and how we kind of look at the the body of research, the body of knowledge that we currently know and can look at the the, the social aspects of what's going on in our in our kids' schools and you know all throughout our world and society and see how those two interact and play with each other and what might be leading to some of the uh, the uptick and, and increase that we're seeing within the uh, the LGBT community and the giant growth that we're seeing within that community and how it may, you know, be linked back to our understanding of youth development as a whole and the shift in society. And so, you know, we're going to briefly touch the waters on this today and and we're going to continue this series as we continue to talk about uh, this idea of role and self and and how our youth become the adults of tomorrow. And so hang with us. We're going to do a brief overview on last week, and then we're going to get going on uh, stage five of Erickson's Theory of Psychosocial Development. Hang with us after this brief timeout. Full Armor Sports Teams has a new facility for after-school youth programs. It's located at 2380 Montebello near North Academy and Union with two pools for swim lessons and swim teams, a weight room for powerlifting, conditioning, and more. Full Armor Sports Teams is a Christ-centered and family-oriented organization bringing the youth of Colorado Springs together. For more info on after-school and homeschool programs, go to fullarmorsportsteams.com or call 719-629-SWIM. So last week we discussed the start of Erickson's theory of psychosocial development. We started with uh, stage three and stage four, um, which is starting at the age of three to five is stage three. And it's that conflict of assertion and play and allowing kids to understand and kind of grow into uh, allowing for creativity, allowing for this idea of play, which then allows them to explore interpersonal skills, uh, basically working with other kids as they're playing, creating the rules of the game. But at the same time, there's a balance because we see that sometimes uh, three to five-year-olds can be overly aggressive. And uh, if, if you didn't have a chance to listen to this episode, it is on Spotify. Go back, listen to it. It's a phenomenal episode. Um, But that's stage three. Stage four is industry versus inferiority. 
that's uh, ages 5 to 12 years old. And this is when we start to see kids that are becoming immersed in education. They're starting to develop all of these new relationships with teachers, peer groups, social interactions. And we see that kids are striving to win approval. And that's a big motivating factor of, of stage four. But they're also at the same point learning this idea of success and failure. And so, you know, they, they're learning how to learn how to start to develop their own sense of accomplishment, of competence. And it leads to pride and self-esteem. And so we see that uh, stage three and stage four is kind of the molding of the teenage years. And we know that, uh, you know, in Erickson's theory, we see this conflict that arises, right? The first conflict is that of assertion and play and, and understanding, you know, and allowing kids to find themselves within leadership and, and initiative and taking initiative in a way that's not overly aggressive, assertive, but we want them to be assertive, right? We want them to be assertive for themselves, but we also want them to develop this idea of play. And then we see in stage four that we have this industry versus inferiority and in a, a child's willingness or want to be accomplished, to be competent, to take on new challenges. And when we fail at this stage, then we see this sense of inferiority. We see this sense of a child not feeling like they're good enough, not feeling like they are competent enough to be successful. And then we see throughout these stages that if we end up struggling in a stage or a child ends up struggling in a stage, that it carries on to the next stage. And so we're in an interesting time in our lives and we're seeing a lot happening um, in society that is drastically changing the way that our youth see themselves in the world. And so when we look at Erickson's stage five, which is the ages of 12 to 18 years old, we have this, this critical collision course of role confusion and identity. We have this first identity crisis that occurs within an adolescent and so what we're seeing in this is that throughout this age of 12 to 18, our youth start to begin to develop their own goals, their own values, their beliefs. They start to answer this critical question of who am I? Erickson defines this identity as fundamental organizing principle, which develops constantly throughout the lifespan which we know that our identity is changing. The identity that we see in ourselves changes depending upon the circumstances and how our life trajectory changes throughout the course of, of time that we see that our identity is constantly molded and shaped. And when youth are successful in this realm, they have a strong sense of self, independence, control, they feel like they're in control of their lives. And when they experience failure, we see that, uh, you know, they, they, they have this confusion about what takes place in their lives or what their life is supposed to encompass. And this failure occurs because 
either they're not giving given space to explore who they are or if they experience anxiety or a, the process is overwhelming in this in this search for who they are and they they end up left struggling to understand who they are and some of this spans from uh you know a a poor body image that they don't grow out of or that they they don't end up getting comfortable with we see that um, we see this will to fit in and to to be socially accepted, and so there's definitely some trauma that may occur within that 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 search for social acceptance that then becomes uh, you know an aspect that leads to this identity crisis that these youth experience, and we see that peer influence is is a large contributing a factor in how we develop and answer that question, who am I? Because the peers that are around us, by and large, can shape and mold our views, can shape and mold our beliefs. And if we're not socially accepted, and we have that subconscious idea of wanting to be accepted, then oftentimes we see adolescents shaping their identity to that of wanting to be accepted. And throughout time, different things have been socially acceptable. You know, I mean, I can remember growing up, right? There was that, that start of the heavy metal screamo era of music. And so obviously we see that there's a, there's a difference in, in shaping the youth into this culture of if you wanted to be part of that group, then you saw youth dyeing their hair black, putting gauges in, in their ears where all of a sudden, you know, they take the small piercing of their ears and now all of a sudden you can fit a fist through their, their earlobe. And that was what led to that social acceptance, that belonging to be a part of that peer group. And later in life, of course, that, uh, that, that might have been a regret of, thou, of, of, thou, of theirs, but... Uh, that's what was required for social acceptance if you wanted to fit into that peer group. And you go back and you look at music and how that's shaped time, but the, the punk rock, the mohawks, the colored mohawks, all of that leading to this idea of social acceptance and belonging. But then eventually, a lot of times, youth grow out of that. When they, when they get to college, they almost have a new identity that's been put on because the the peer influence and the social acceptance changes. There's different peer groups that have different levels of social acceptance for basically a different tolerance for different behaviors. And your options are either to find the peer group that closely matched that of when you were in high school or to find a new peer group at which point you may have to adjust your sense of self, your worldview, your beliefs, the way that you act, the way that you respond to that of this new peer group. And it's all in this quest to find social acceptance. And, and the second thing is this. When our kids get to the age of 12, they start to experience a broader sense of diversity. Because their interactions are not as controlled as they were at a younger age. Now, some parents have taken it 
to a point where they believe that they want to continue to uh, direct who their kids interact with on a daily basis. And I 100% support a parent's decision to make that choice. But in general, kids now have the, the, the ability to kind of think through and debate and have this conflict of this differing beliefs that occur that maybe they didn't experience or didn't understand at a younger age where we have kids that are now probably in their schools interacting with kids of different religious backgrounds, differing political views of that of their parents. And we're seeing that, that, you know, as we become more and might more diverse as a country, which we are becoming more diverse as a country, our kids are getting basically they're they're gaining experience in this idea of diversity and in the conflict that arises out of the diversity. And in this age group is when they first start to really understand and be able to deal with that conflict and create a sense of res- resolution. That appears out of this conflict. And at the same time, if we were to go further beyond the research and we look at this idea of um, justice, which is at some point to a certain degree required, but I think more so what's actually required is the idea of tolerance. And I think we confuse the the, the three. We, we confuse justice and tolerance and acceptance and understanding what those three terms mean and how they are all different. And we'll touch on that in the coming weeks, but we see that these youth, that is what they experience. They experience this, this newfound conflict and resolution. And there's an element of self-conflict and there's an element of, of resolution between their peer groups and also the people that they don't like. Because it's what's required to maintain a certain level of a social construct. And throughout this time, which we just mentioned earlier, but throughout this time, they're also becoming more and more okay with their own self-image. Their body image begins to change rapidly throughout puberty. And kids experience a different level of uncomfortability throughout that, that period of time. You know, we talked not too long ago about the the differences between early bloomers and late bloomers, especially in boys, when it comes to uh, self-image and their own self-belief of their own competence, whether it be in sports or anything else. And so puberty changes kids pretty rapidly, and some experience it at different times than others. And it can create this, this essentially, this body image that our youth may not appreciate of their own. And what we hope to achieve at the end of this time frame is this idea, this virtue of fidelity. And it's the idea of fidelity is very similar to that of trustworthiness, but it's a trustworthiness of being committed and faithful to their own particular worldview that they've developed through this course of adolescence. But it's also this commitment and this faithfulness to that of the social group that they thus belong to 
as a contributing result of this worldview. And so we see throughout this time that sometimes adolescents shift, they mold, and they they may try out different images of self on themselves, including this idea of a negative self, which is the complete opposite of what socially may be acceptable. And that's when we see that we have, you know, juvenile offenders and we have uh, youth that, that may essentially go, you know, off to the, the outskirts to where it's not socially acceptable. And they might, might get into crime or drugs or things like that and experiment uh, to find that idea of self. But what we have now is we have a culture and a society whose values and whose ideas have shifted. And so, you know, when you look at this uh, LGBTQ community and you look at the alphabet mafia and and you look at the growth that's been experienced throughout this uh, shift in societal thinking when it comes to now we have 500 genders and all this other stuff. Um, the question becomes like, how did we go from having a small percentage of the population that felt like, you know, they were gender confused or that they, you know, were the wrong gender to now we have this large percentage of a community and a social sect that believes that they are, were born in the wrong body and all this other stuff. And so the question is, is how did this happen? Is this actually like a physiological thing? Is there something going on hormonally? Is there giant changes in like who we are as individuals? Or is it the argument that all of a sudden, well, now it's because it's become a social norm that people are just more willing and open. They have an openness to admit that they are uh, part of this group. Or the third idea is the fact that has this uh, LGBTQ sect of society become the next hip, cool thing to do? And thus we have kids that are claiming to be a part of that community in order to fit in and be socially accepted. Just like the idea of dyeing your hair black and putting gauges in your ears to fit into this idea of this heavy metal, you know, group that peer group that started back in, you know, the early 2000s, the late 90s. Or this punk rock idea of the mohawk and, you know, coloring the hair to fit into that peer group. So have we truly created just another peer group that that identifies themselves as this uh, LGBTQ community to where we have kids that are wanting to fit in because it's being acknowledged and accepted and, you know, those kids are the ones that are being loved on the most or they see that they have some sort of um, advantage in the community of their school or the community of of the, the broader sense of the city, that they're being celebrated and they want to be a part of that celebration or they want the, the, uh, the benefits of being a part of that group and therefore they mold themselves or they create this identity, this potentially false identity that they belong in this group. 
And now that we've experienced this for the last 10 years, we're seeing that kids are coming out of uh, this adolescent phase, out of college, and realizing that they don't fit that mold. That truly what we saw as development of identity in Erickson's theory was really a just drastic confusion of who oneself truly is in this will and this, you know, want to fit the broader peer groups. And we're not going to find research that backs this up, not at least in the next 30, 40 years. Because once again, all of research has bias. And right now, the the popular thing to do is to correlate the two and saying that uh, this increased presence, prevalence of the LGBTQ community is actually uh, backing Erickson's theory. But I truly think that it's actually false. It's a false understanding of, of identity and where we've basically overweighted the influence of peer and social acceptance. Because now we've taken social acceptance to where, if you look back at the previous groups, let's take a step back for a second. If you look back at the previous groups and you look at the kind of the heavy metal group and you look at the punk rock group and you look at some of these other groups within the school they didn't necessarily fit the broader sense of social norms. They didn't fit the broader sense of like the entire city has moved to this social norm. They were still kind of um, outcasts in a sense. But with the LGBTQ movement, it is a shift in social norms from an entire country point of view in society to half of Americans. And that's a big difference. We're going to take a brief time out. When we come back, we're going to wrap up this episode on stage five of Erickson's theory of psychosocial development. Thanks for listening to Faith Family Fitness, a presentation of Full Armor Sports Teams. Teamwork is at the core of any successful organization. At Full Armor Sports, led by national champion coach Jason Lupo, a Christ-centered approach to sports fundamentals and fitness has earned his company the respect of athletes and their parents. Full Armor Sports is committed to helping youth in our community experience growth through sports and to strive for improvement and excellence. Further, youth compete as individuals coming together with a sense of teamwork, camaraderie, and support for one another. At Full Armor Sports, the reality is achievements, failures, wins, and losses eventually fade away. But the bonds team members form through competition evolve into relationships lasting forever. Learn more at FullArmorSports.com. Welcome back to Faith Family Fitness on 100.7 The Word. Well, we've, uh, we've covered now three stages of Erickson's theory of psychosocial development. We are going to continue down this trend and then we're going to actually come back and view other theories of adolescent development and still kind of try to make some correlations and understandings of what's going on in today's youth and what's going on with our kids, our, our teams, um, and how we can better serve this population of youth growing up in today's society. And I think it's a very interesting conversation to be had. Obviously, we don't get all the answers um, in one sitting. We don't get all the answers in one episode. We might not always have any answers. But 
you know, at least we can sit back and we can now look at things from a clear lens to eliminate our bias to the best of our ability and to look at the research, not from a perspective of the conclusions that are drawn by these researchers, but the conclusions that we can draw from our own observations and our own understanding of the body of research that we do know. Because the drawing of conclusions versus the body of research are two separate, entirely different things. If you uh, didn't get a chance to listen to our last episode or you want to revisit this episode, go to faithfamilyfit.org and you can find information about this show and others at faithfamilyfit.org. Thank you for joining us. See us next Saturday at 9 a.m. This has been Faith Family Fitness with Coach Jason Lupo of Full Armor Sports Teams of Colorado Springs. Join him at the same time next week for Faith Family Fitness on The Word 100.7.